Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. And it certainly isn't, because of the fact of what it is. I have something wrong with me. And a long time ago, you know, I, nobody would talk about this. See, what they talked about was about how bad off they used to be, uh, being drunk and the damage they did and so on and that. And I, of course, went along with all of that, too. And I never once ever knew about recovery or ne- never knew the real reason to come to meetings, to keep coming to meetings, to where these candles start to pile up, you know. And... Uh, now, what I mean by that, I know that I go to meetings, and I know that I stay sober by going to meetings, That's and I stay sober by staying out of bars and all that. But I, you know what I don't know is I don't know how bad off my mind can get so that I'm liable to go back into that bar, because that's why I used to go into that bar, because I couldn't live in a world I was in, and, there, and I wasn't drunk 24 hours a day, you know. I did become that way, but I wasn't that way when I started. And uh, so to speak of recovery here, I believe that it should be talked a little bit anyway about what the disease of alcoholism is today right now. Uh, this is an individual program. This isn't a collectively, collectively it's written that way so that we, it, it applies to every one of us. But individually, it has to be applied individually, or you can't have it. In other words, I can't give it to you, or I can't act away, and then you benefit from it. See, I don't. It just don't. Have to, it's a participation game, you know. You you got to get in there and do it to have it. It's like playing ball or drinking or anything else, you know. So to have this way of life and to talk this way, way I'm talking, I think that uh, possibly. Uh, maybe I've said so many things about ABCs, uh, what I consider the ABCs, uh, is alcoholism, ego, and self, the identity of it. When you're sober, when you're sitting in a meeting like this and you got a, you got everything going for you, you got a new coach, you got maybe a new car, you got, you got, uh, many, many things going your way that are good things. But yet, though, inside, deep down inside, there's something inside that says, there's something wrong, or there's some person that isn't quite right, uh, that the mind that's talking is saying words that are harmful words to somebody. Memory is so good for every alky I know, including me, that drunk or sober would make no difference. See, I still can remember how you behave, and I still can hold it against you today, or I accuse you of it. Whether you did or not, it's not important to me. See, it isn't. It, it, it's, a, it's a way of thinking that should be described and talked about because what it is, it's alcoholism. It's a condition of the mind. It's a mind that does things that it shouldn't do. And, you know, I, in, for, for me, in the beginning, I had the hardest time in the world because if it hadn't have been for, like Emmett Fox's book, Sermon on the Mount, it hadn't have been for Dr. Tebow, and he's talking about the ego factors and how, how uh, ego has marvelous recuperative powers and how ego, uh, the capacity of ego to bypass experience, 
would be humorous if it wasn't so tragic in its consequences, you know. Now, I didn't know them things, you know, they're important now. What I just said, so them are not my words, them are Dr. Tebow's words. But, you see, what he was describing was things that I had to hear and know what they mean, and it's not like reading, it isn't like reading this page, and now I got all this page information to do something with, I don't know, but as I have it. This was something that I had to re recognize and realize as I lived in the day I was in, so I didn't behave that way, or I didn't go to where I used to go and get the results that I always got. This is a description now of what alcoholism is as a mind power disease. A mind power disease. If it's a mind power disease, it can't be repetitious or can't be repetitive because I live in my mind. That's my house. That's where I live. I live inside of me. And if I live inside of me, then there's no way possible can I be anybody different than I am because I have to be me. Because there's nothing there but me. And this is part of what the, like I had to learn now, the ABCs, alcoholism, ego, and self, three things, one person, me. And so this is why in like step two, we were talking about step two, where I had to come to believe in a power greater than me to restore me to sanity. And to believe in something, it's easy to say that. It's easy to, it was for me. It was very easy to say words. Now these words I said, uh, I said them, but I didn't know what they meant. I didn't live them, because I don't know how to live them. Uh, they were words that I could repeat, and you could hear them from me, because I would. They, they came right out of print. Everything I say is out of print. But what I say now is out of my life, because of the print. And there's a big difference now. And this difference lies in the fact that I can be somebody today that I never could be before, and that I can do today, something I couldn't do before. And it's only through the grace of God, the power of God, put it that way. And it started out with me a long time ago, knowing now the reason why I have to keep coming to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Because when I used to go to meetings, I wouldn't even get a block away, and somebody would blow the horn at me, and you know what happened to me? I want to kill him. I want to run him off the road, you know. I'm sober. There's nothing wrong. He just blew his horn, that's all. He wanted me out of his way, and I don't want to get out of his way, you know. And I don't, I don't, I don't for the life of me connect that up with that meeting I just left. I just don't. And yet they're an Alcoholics Anonymous. They're talking here about Alcoholics Anonymous 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life will expel the obsession to drink, and enable a sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. Now, you heard me say it many times. But I walk and talk that way. I believe this. I really believe this. Now, I know inside of myself that my Heavenly Father is going to take care of me. No harm is going to come to me. I know. I know. Because my life is in His care. But I didn't get that way overnight because I didn't know how to get that way overnight. Nobody was there to say, here's how you do it, here's what you need to do, here's what's wrong with you, here's what the 12 steps mean. This is all about what this meeting's about. It isn't about, you know, how drunk you used to get, or how severe you used to treat everybody, or uh, just name things, you know, because I can name a million of them things, you know. And it isn't about that at all, but it is about it. 
in a way that I have to see, know, and realize myself. By myself, I'm nothing. My Father doeth the works. That's what it says, step seven. And what that means now, you know, is the fact that right here and right now, I'm depending. My dependency is not, it's not a, a false dependency. It's not a dependency on popularity. It's not a dependency on pleasing you, any one of you. I don't care who you are. I'm not here for you. See? But I am here for you in another sense. That I'm a messenger. My Lord gave me a chance. He said, I want you to do something. And in turn, I'll do something for you. I'll show you a way of living where drinking's not necessary. I'll take you places you can go now, and when you go there, you will be somebody that I want you to be instead of who you are. I didn't know the difference between what I'm talking about now, about being who I should be through a power greater than me, and his name is God. And that's what it says here. In step two, it says, verse power greater than me, but then as you read it, though, it's going to go into some other words. It's going to go into the word God. And it talks about an open mind. And I believe that, uh, you know, like a meeting like this, uh, I actually believe that each one of us should have more information uh, daily, this day, today, now, about the disease of alcoholism, what an open mind means, what willingness means, what acceptance means, what surrender means. More. Always more. Because the book, to me, when it talks, in the big book and the 12 by 12, to grow spiritually. How can I possibly grow spiritually with what I have in me? I can go to where I am, or to where I think I am anyway, as far as belief or trust or, or unconditional love even, you know anything like that. But there's more demand on my life today because this is today. Yesterday was a beautiful day. But this day has to be more beautiful because God will make it that way. Because of the performance that I give today is my life. My life's important to me. My life never was important to me before sober. It wasn't. And this is something that I had to realize to come to Alcoholics Anonymous like this here and just to go ahead and sit here and, and spend an hour, an hour and a half or whatever it is and then walk out the door and walk out with just memory maybe if you got one uh, about, you know, something that was said, you know, that it was important, you know, like I, like I used to think. I used to think, man, if I only knew this then I would have been fine. But I didn't know it. And then I started looking at things like that all the time, you know. Why didn't you tell me that in the first place, I'd say, you know. And, and different things like that. Here I am, I'm trying to build a relationship with a power greater than me, and a power greater than me is not a human power. See? Although I had a sponsor. And I didn't realize what the, just exactly what the purpose of coming to this meeting and why, this, why the 12 steps would be there in the order form they're in. Why is two in the second place, three in the third place, and so on? Because of the fact that I thought, you know, and I was just reading an article this after, uh, this morning, I think it was, and it was about, it was about an article about me getting too smart, getting too much information, or thinking I'm so well, or thinking I have so much now, 
that I can coast and I can rest in my laurels and I can go along. And because of the fact that so much has happened in my life and I went so far in, in a good life, you know, not, a, not an argumentative life, fighting life, a dirty life or a sewer life or anything else like that, none of them things. And this is what that article was talking about. And it was talking about a daily reprieve. And the daily reprieve is only spiritually. And this has, this I think should be talked about or recognized now because of the fact that each one of us now, you have to, you have to look inside. You have to be like my sponsor said. You have to be self-honest. Only the self. Nobody else. And see deep, deep down inside. This day, today, this day, now, this day. What kind of a day was it, really? Just truthfully, what kind of a day was it? Was it a day of, of, of good thinking, good happiness? Uh, was it a day that you enjoyed every minute of it? Uh, was it a day that you tried to really help somebody, genuinely, sincerely, honestly help somebody? Uh, was it a day that you could do, you could remember because everything about the day was was always there for somebody else instead of self? This is real. This is true what I'm talking about. Because I know for sure that myself, if I don't have what, what Bill Wilson talks about in, in the language of the heart here, you know, on this emotional, emotional uh, sobriety, if I don't have this here absolute dependency, I don't have anything. Because what I have is no more than what I can produce and what I can produce is no more than what's in me, and what's in me is the same thing that's always been in me, me. And then you see, then I have to, I have to take that for what it is. The steps, you know, I, you know, I, I love the steps, I really do, and I know them well. I know what they're for. I know how to use them. I know the meaning behind each one of them. They go, they grow, and they grow, and they grow. They get deeper, they get deeper, they get, but deeper means spiritually. Is, that means an application. That means that the use of the step by principle or truth, I can use it more than I ever used it before. I can show more kindness. I can show more compassionate, more understanding, patience, tolerance. I can show more as each day comes by. This is something that's really something to talk about. Now, you know what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about a living life now. I'm not talking about something that's in fantasy land. I'm not talking about a lie. I'm not talking about something where it allows me to talk against you or to consider you somebody less than and make this here be true to me. Now, I don't have to voice it. I'm not talking about voicing it. I'm talking about thinking it. And I found out that once the thought is there, the soul's consent is there. I'm that man. Whatever that man is, I am that man without the act. When the soul's consent is given, I am that man. Now, you see, that to me, I couldn't put that into the perspective of where it belongs. It belongs in alcoholism. And this comes right out of the Sermon on the Mount. And I didn't know that. But see, the things that I learned in the Sermon on the Mount transferred over to the steps in application. That was something that, by an authority. The authority wasn't a human being authority. It came out of a book that was printed. It was printed, and it was something that was done a long time ago 
But it had an origin that these here principles, all of them, any of them, are spiritual in their nature. And so that meant that they come probably from the Bible, probably from uh, 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 many, like step two says here, step two. Step two says in here that scientists go by the principle of search and research, always with an open mind. That's a principle they, they, that they live by, they guide, they guide them. It's like a mathematical principle. Two plus two is four. Can you change it? You can't. You have to use it that way. You add it up that way, and that's the way it is. Well, this is the same thing now what I'm talking about, about step application. And the step application is already there to do. Not my step application. Me had anything to do with me, but it has everything to do with me and my life as I live my life. Because without this, I have to go back to where I've always been. I've always been mad, mean. I've always been suspicious, jealous. I'm always envious. I'm going back some years that were in drunken years, and then some of it was taken into sober years, because I was the same man sober as I was drunk. Because my ego was killing me, and I didn't know it. My ego, I didn't know I had an ego problem. You know, I didn't. And, you know, the first time I found that out was in, you know, it was in 1957. And, I, and the reason I remember these dates is because of the fact that at that particular time I was in trouble. And I was in trouble with my life because of ego, and I didn't know what ego was. And I didn't know what ego does to my life and how it affects my life. And so this here, in 1957, when Alcoholics Anonymous Comes of Age came out, uh, in there in the back where medicine looks at Alcoholics Anonymous, read it if you want to sometime. It's Dr. Thibault's writing. And Dr. Barr introduces them back there. And the point, the, the thing about this ego business is the fact that I always can look down on you and find fault, or I always can find fault at you or from you, and I always can put you down, but I never do that to me, though. And the ego that has marvelous recuperative powers. You know, when they took my job away from me, I was a service manager at a Lincoln Mercury dealer, and I was making good money. I had two paychecks that were really good. And I had, I had quite a bit of authority over a lot of people, you know, and I had a big ego, you know, and because I, I was number one, they had to come to me for everything, you know, even a body shop, you know, and, uh, and stuff like that. But when they, when they canned me and threw me out of there and I went on a drunk and I wound up in an alky hospital, there was no ego in me. See, the ego was smashed. And it was really smashed. Because I didn't have a dime in my pocket. I haven't got a place to go. I haven't got a wife that would even have anything to do with me. And I had a bar that I could go to where I used to give them every paycheck. In that bar there happened to be a guy and he was an ice, ice man. I yelled for help. I yelled for help from the ice man because I was told from the bartenders and the joint owners that he used to be like me and he isn't like me now. And he put me in an alky hospital. And when he put me in the alky hospital, I come out of the hospital, my ego is still gone. I'm still flip-flopping. I'm still... I wonder, I'm wondering what happened. I have no idea what happened. Here I was, good. One day, next day, I'm gone. And so... He got my job back. My wife came back. Next thing, my ego come back. <laughs> and then you know what I had? I had the same thing I had before they fired me. 
I had me. And that's a story of my life. That's not a story that I read in a book somewhere. That's what happened to me. And you know, to have a way of life like tonight, all of us, every one of us, to be able to have a description or an identification or an awareness of why you're here, why you're here. Do you have to come here to learn how to get madder or how to treat your wife worse or your girlfriend or another driver or a neighbor? That's what I did. I don't mean any of you. I'm talking about me. That's exactly what I did. And I was not drunk. I took on, I took on the fact that I made good money and my happiness now was in my living. Living meant money. Living meant houses. Cars, motorhomes, dune buggies, racing, water skiing, everything, you name it, I had it. I got medals even from all of that stuff. That was my living, and it was good. But you know my life? I was just as rotten inside. I was just as mean, mad. I was just the same man that I've always been with no change. One day things are fine, next day they're terrible. One minute I love you, the next minute I hate you. But you see, all of this, what I'm saying right now, is the purpose of this meeting here in a description of what alcoholism is. It's a mind-power disease. Now, you know, let me tell you, I know the words I'm saying don't mean nothing to you. I know they don't. They didn't mean nothing to me. But the application of those words to find out how I could live differently through the words that are there. Now, the words that are there are the 12-step words, 12 steps. To be able to have this instead of what I have. To be able to stop doing things because there's a power that I get immediately in here that will help me stop doing them things. And it's in step two. In step one, you know, the principles... Like when I talk about step one, I believe that each one, any one of us, I don't care who you are, you could help me and I could help you. The way I can do that, I can help you read. And by helping you read, maybe I could show you something here that you didn't see. You didn't know. It's here, but you, you didn't see it. You didn't recognize it. Because of the fact, the way it's worded. The way it's worded, it makes sense. It sounds good. I believe it. But how do you live it? How do you do things like this here? Like here, you know, it says in here, Who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. Now, man, there ain't no way I thought I was personal power, powerless over anything or anybody. I was 31 years old. I, I worked real hard. I... Uh, uh, I wasn't a little guy at all. I was I was pretty strong, pretty tough. Uh, I traveled around with guys and knew how to handle ourselves and, and things like that. And for me to do something like this, no way. I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. The only thing I'm going to do, I'm going to try to see what I can do about not going back in that bar. The only thing I'm going to do is to see if I can't find a way so that this here doesn't apply to me. Now, that is, that's exactly the way I thought. That's exactly. And then down at the bottom here, you see, I thought, drink, I thought, like, maybe, maybe some of you here tonight, maybe you think this way. 
maybe you think that you drank too much or you snorted or whatever you did too much, and that, that was your problem. Maybe you think that. I don't know if you do or you don't, but maybe you do. I did. I thought my problem lied in the fact that I lived in joints. I really lived in joints, you know. I'd even open them up in the morning at 5 o'clock, and I'd close them at 2.30 or 2 o'clock in the evening, evening. And, you know, this is the way I lived. I really lived that way. I was in blackouts coming to at work and never, never had no idea where I was before. But what good is to talk about stuff like that, you know? Why talk about it like that? I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a thing to you, me, or anybody else. Because I don't live that way, and I have nothing to do with that. But there is something here that I should pay attention to. There is something here I should look at and see that this information, it's this information. Can I, can I put this in my mind? And could I, could I actually find this, you know? When it says, we know that little good can come to any alcoholic who joins AA unless he first accepted his devastating weakness and all of its consequences, until he so humbles himself, his sobriety, if any, will be precarious. Of real happiness, he'll find none at all. Proved beyond doubt by the immense experience, this is one of the facts of the AA way of life. Now, you know, that's something you can put in your head, what I just said. You know what this means? To accept my most devastating weakness and all of its consequences, I used to think it meant whiskey. I used to think that that's, that's what they're talking about. That don't mean that. My most devastating weakness is my mind that won't let me live in a world without alcohol, and I have to suffer the consequences of getting fired, hurting my wife, getting in accidents, hospitals, and things like that. That's what it means. If it was a mere fact of just falling down drunk, that would be, I mean, that, to me, that wouldn't be anything, you know. Just stay the hell out of the bars, see? And you won't fall down drunk. It doesn't mean that. It means that I have something wrong with me, and it'll keep, it'll put me right in the graveyard, like it puts everybody else. I was reading the, uh, the other day, I was showing uh, Ali back there, I was showing Ali that since man first crushed grapes up till Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson got together, there was 2% recovery from alcoholism. 98% had to go insane or to an institution or graveyard. I was showing it to them in print. This is research by Dr. Silkworth. Can you imagine that right now? Can you believe that that could be possible right now, today, this day? Since 1935, when Alcoholics Anonymous is credited to start with Dr. Bob, before that, there was only 2% recovery. 2%. Can you believe that? I, I looked at that, and I just couldn't believe it. You know, I just couldn't believe that that, uh, that was possible like that. Here, the reason why is for what happened to me in my life in the beginning. Two and a half years, I didn't do nothing. and Two and a half years, I didn't have anything either. But... The point of that is, is that the minute that I used or I went to where I belong with a, a, a power, a God, a Heavenly Father, a Lord of my life, and the minute I started believing and trusting in a way of thinking and acting that comes from print, not reading it now, not working it, but asking God, being with God, I accept my most devastating weakness. Would you help me? Would you help me with my mind? Can I think right? Would you allow me to think right? Could you help me with my thinking? 
These are prayers that I don't need to get on my knees for. I can do them right here. I can ask God right now to help us all, every one of us, everyone, to be with us and show us what it is we need for our lives today. That can be done right now. You see, I have a relationship in step two. When it says in there, I have an open mind, and I came to believe in a power greater than me to restore me to sanity, this is an individual program, written collectively for everyone. But it means exactly that. The words that I say are my life. You don't have to do any one of them. I'm not telling you to do them, and I wouldn't tell you to do them. But I can tell you what will happen to you if you do do them, because I did. And this is important because of the fact that the disease of alcoholism is my whole life. The disease is everything everything I am. If there isn't a power greater than me, I have to live with that disease. I can't get away from it. It's me. These guys that commit suicide and gals, I know there's got to be somebody here that has some friends or somebody that did. I've had about five of them. I've worked with some of them, too, personally, in 12-step work. <laughs> and the reason they took their life was the fact that they couldn't live in the day they were in. The day they were in became too strong of relationships. It became too strong of loss of money. Money was one of them that was really there important. Another one was this plain drunkenness. He got too drunk, and he stuck a garden hose up the tailpipe and in the car. And, his, and, he, and he's done that many times, and this time his wife got a little too drunk and couldn't pull him out. So he had to go, and he left this earth anyway. But the point of it all is, is the disease of alcoholism. When is it? Where is it? Why don't it go away? Why can't you and I just not drink and be all right? Why can't we do that? These are, these are questions that should be asked. He should, they should be looked at and considered. Why can't I have another a friend? Why can't I have a friend where this friend will stay a friend? Why? He talks in here and tells me why. I got the total inability to form a true partnership with another human being. You know what that means? That means I'll love you one day and hate you the next. I'll accuse you of something you didn't do and hate your guts for it. And you didn't even do it. I'll say things to you and about you. Never once ever thinking that I shouldn't do that. My Lord doesn't want me to talk that way or think that way or act that way. He wants to give me the world that belongs to him, not the world that belongs to me. The world that belongs to me is the hateful world, the harmful world. That's why this here is called alcoholism, because it's alive. It's going on right now. It's happening right now. When does alcoholism attack you? When, do you? when does it need treating? These were questions I said to myself, man, I've got to know. I'm not going to go to meetings like this no more and then go home and act like a damn fool. I can't even get home sometimes. Yeah. But see, that's self-honesty to self. I'm not trying to fool somebody. I'm not trying to make you think of I'm an angel or walk on water or anything else. I don't. I got problems, I got troubles too. But they don't tear the world apart. I don't hurt people. I don't look at people as the fault. I look inside. Page 90 in here, when it says in here, 
It's a spiritual axiom. So whenever I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, I'm at fault. Boy, you know that's hard to swallow. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Where else is the trouble? I say, you know, I've I've spoke quite a bit. Uh, I... I would like to I would like to say a lot of words if I could, so that there are people that are here tonight, Alkies that are here tonight, could gain or could could have some hope about a message that's in print for all of us, every one of us, that I need it just as badly as you need it. I have to live it just like you do. If I don't, I have to do again the same thing I've always done, and I don't want to do that. This is important to talk about. This is a message of recovery. This is all about alcoholism, not about alcohol. We're not even beginning to talk about the word alcohol. Isn't that funny that alcohol is only mentioned in the first step, in the first part of the step, too, first step. Glass in hand, I warp my mind, it says. And it says it's it's a twofold nature disease of the mind and body. And then it goes in where I have to go ahead and and I have to, I have to hit bottom. Alcohol is not talked about, but alcohol is myth. That's what this is about. Okay, that's all I got on that. So. And I don't know if you do a a, a daily. Uh, what you can do. You know, to, to have a discussion here, you know, we we should uh, uh, we should have a discussion about alcoholism or the steps. If there's any question now for anybody that has any questions about step application, about where you use it or why you use it, and so on, this is the time or the type of meeting that you should do it, because it's not a moaning and groaning meeting, and it's not a meeting of Drunkenness or yesterday's life, regardless, is this learning how to live in a world that you can live in. So if there's anybody here tonight that wants to talk any way at all about this or this message, let's get it started. Anybody at all? Yeah. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm an alcoholic. It's really nice to be here. I haven't been here for a couple months. Um, but I've been listening to the tapes and I've really been practicing um, some things that I've that I heard in here um, that, that actually have been in these books all along, but I wasn't able to pay attention to them until I heard, heard Bob talk about them. And um, like one, for example, I was at the, the grocery market the other day, and there was a, and I had a whole big thing of groceries, and the person behind me had one thing, and I could just feel that like, please let me go ahead of you vibe coming from behind me, and and I was thinking, no, no, I'm in a hurry, and I wasn't even that big a hurry, but I just wanted to be in a hurry, and and I just wasn't gonna do it, and and I automatically thought, what would God have me do? And I said, would you like to go ahead of me? And and it was so much easier. To let the person go ahead of me, and I felt so good about myself, and I felt like such a creep. I mean, I couldn't believe that I was, you know, my defiance. It's amazing. So, but this has really become a, a part of me now that I, I do it all the time, and, and as a result, um, 
I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because I, I'm asking God what to do a lot, and so God's had me do a few things and say no to a few things, and I'm feeling really cranky because I don't get to do some things that I would like to do, and I know that God wants me somewhere else, but I'm in that sort of that in-between place, and uh, I guess I decided I was going to maybe ask you to talk about when when you start to sort of align your will with God's will, and you're finding that God maybe doesn't want you to do some things that you'd really like to do, and how uncomfortable that can be, um, you know, wh where there's really nothing to sort of grab onto, but this idea of God. Thank you. You know, the, uh, I'll say a few short words on that. It's the fact that when I'm building this character, me, when I came here, and, I'm, and I started, when I really started in the application of the steps, I try to modify me. I try to be a part of me in everything that was going on. I was trying to add things to my life. Now, this is important, see, because of the fact of what I've seen this so many times myself, besides me doing it, is that I never knew about a character change, meaning that I could be another man than I am. A character change. Character is describing only me inside. It's a word that I found when Dr. Carl Gustav Jung describes uh, any, any, any man or woman. He describes the character, the character in here. The true character lies in a subconscious, what he calls unconscious mind, instead of the conscious mind. So you see, the things that you were saying, see, are so true to the effect that as you see things, you see things this way, but you have to think in terms of doing them this way. And that's a relationship, you believe, that's there. Well, I had to find out that I had to believe in a power greater than me that would restore me to sanity, and then I had to make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. I'm living now in a different world. I'm not looking at things like I used to look at things, and then, then I had to either not do it because it was wrong, or I knew it was wrong, or it would be effective the wrong way, or something like that. I didn't know that I could be totally free of me in my mind in the day I'm in so that I don't have to keep weighing things out, right and wrong, win, lose, say this, don't say that. This is something important what I'm talking about because this is the program recovery and why there's 12 steps here, because if I have to go through the day, myself personally, if I have to go through the day and make choices all the time or make decisions all the time, by myself, or thinking first about God and then me, then I'll never make it. See, I'll never make it. That's that's what Bill Wilson was talking about here, about false dependencies, what he was talking about, see? That he had to get rid of all of his false dependencies, uh, and that meant prestige and people, and he even said even AA. And what that means is the character change, the, the bottom line is this, the character change is a character spiritually changed so that I don't have to think or act or be who I am by myself, see, to produce my own life. This is, this is important, and what you're saying is a very good question. It's a, it's a question that should be answered, but more than once. It should be looked at more than once also. 
Because if each one of us had to come here and we had to learn how to do each day by choice or by decisions or, or whatever, I don't believe it would make it. I know I couldn't make it. I know I couldn't keep it up. But I don't. See, I, I can walk around that corner, right around that corner right now. And I don't have to get ready for it. And there's anything could be there, you know, during your day of life. I'm talking about living and as you live your life in a day. I, I don't have to get prepared to be nice or to say the right words or to say or to do something special, a special way or anything else. I'm going to be the man God says I'm going to be. And I'm going to act and think like that because he's powering me. I go deeper inside with the relationship of God. This is what's important. See? I don't want to go deeper in a relationship with me. But this is what the steps are about, and that's why step two is in the second position when then three follows. I had to learn about steps that they're in an order form, a logical order form from one to twelve to build the character that God wants me to be, not the one I want to be. And that's why they put the steps in the position they're in. If you stop and take each one apart from one all the way up, you'll notice that when you get to step 11, so much has been done in character building in the other 10 steps now. So much, so, so great, a, a, a huge amount. And then in step 11 is the only step I can live and grow spiritually. See, it says sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God, as I understood him, not understand him, understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for me and a power to carry that out. See, before it was my will was in there, and then I had to kick it out, because sometimes it was in there, and I don't want to do this, but I, I'm still looking at that, see. Now i got a way out. I have a power that allows me to go ahead and make a decision, and the decision I'm going to make, I know, is backed up by God. I know that he's there. I know he's here <clears throat> because I ask him to be here with me, guide me, direct me, to help you, to help us all, to be with us all. According to your will, is it possible we can have that? And it's up to God to do it, see? Sandy? I've got a couple questions right along this line for you, Bob. So when you talk about walking around that corner and you don't have to be ready for anything, and, and you talk about the logical order of the steps, and then and then I'm hearing the bridge from doing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. And in eleven they talk about intuition. In the earlier steps they talk about proper use of the will. So if I'm hearing you correctly then by doing 1 through 10, when you are in 11, where it talks about we intuitively know how to handle situations, which is about part of the promises that you get to do, is that that's through an accumulation of 1 through 10. That's where, where we begin to, God gave us brains to use, where we begin so we don't, because I love what, what sounds so attractive is not having to decide. Not to be into work and wondering, am I doing God's will or is it my will? I have to make this decision where it becomes more of an automatic way because we've built the new character and the new character is with God, then we can begin to intuitively use that. Is that kind of the direction where you're going? That's what I want to hear. Yeah. 
<coughs> Thanks, Eddie. Well, let me put it to you this way. You know, what you're talking about is in step nine, when we intuitively handle situations used to baffle us and all that. The character change is the thing that I didn't never like to hear the word character. Because where I come from, the word character is used to describe somebody that's really a rat, you know. <laughs> and I was a person years ago that was that rat. And so when they said, don't trust that character and all that, I kept reading character, the word character. It's all through the book, well, you know, any of it. I didn't pay any attention to it because I didn't know what character meant, you know. And so the idea behind the whole picture of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I have to change. If I don't change, my yesterdays are my todays. Now, try to think about this in truth or principle, if you will. If you don't, as me, don't change, you'll have to do again what you've done already. If you don't change. Now, the purpose of the steps now is to build a new character. A new character for me as I apply the steps. That's why, remember I told you on page 60, the guys that don't know this or read this, write it down, page 60 to 63. Uh, I found this way back, way back in the 50s I found this. And I found it by reading it because God says, read this, I want you to know this. And it's on page 60 to 63. It starts out that I had to be convinced that any life run on success could hardly be a success because I'm always in conflict with something or somebody, even when my motives are good. And then it ends on 63 at the top when it says up there that I've been reborn, uh, reborn spiritually. But in between 60 to 63 is a description of me, the way I think, the way I live, the way I act, uh, everything about me, page, especially 62, page 62. And, and even in 62 it said I had to quit playing God. Uh, it says my troubles are my own making. And it's true, they are. Uh, I look at you, whoever you are, and, and I blame you. I find fault with you. And yet the fault isn't you. It's what my mind says to me about you that's what, what's really wrong. Now, if you can swallow that, you know, that might help you a great deal with your life as you live your life in the daytime because it might remove a little bit of troubles, a little bit of uh, anguish or, or hardship and so on. But the most important thing, though, is the character change. Without the character change, I'll have to repeat a performance that I do all the time, whether I'm drunk or sober. Because when I was drunk, I did this. But when I got sober, I did this again. When I treated somebody this way drunk, I got sober, I treated them that way drunk and sober. So I don't see not In step one now, it's it actually says so in step one in a 12 by 12 here about this what I'm talking about, see. It's it's the part about hitting bottom, why all of us must hit a bottom. We don't who wants to do this? Nobody. Not one of us wanna do it. The bottom isn't losing your property, the bottom isn't losing your wife and your job. The bottom is losing your insides, the whole total being, the respect of self, the self worth, the integrity of self. Lying, cheating, stealing, using, abusing people that's what I lost inside. I lost me. I became somebody inside of me that, you know, I couldn't look in the mirror. Just look in my eyes. Because what I was looking at, I was looking at a phony. I was looking at a person that was taking advantage of people. 
for no reason at all, only for my satisfaction. See? But I couldn't stop me from doing that. This is what you're talking about, Sandy, is that the fact to be sober, that's one thing. But to be happy, joyous, and free, or read the bottom of page 83 right here, of what it says here in the bottom of page 83, that's step nine. See what it says there. See? Well, the reason it's there is because of the fact that there's 12 steps. The 11th step, now if you notice the 11th step, what it said, I said it already, but the 12th step says this. It says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, that's 11. I tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of my affairs. Not, not practice these steps in my affairs. Practice these principles. What principles? Every step, every line, every page is about principles, about truth, about how to look at somebody, how to think, and think to good purpose. Think with a mind that isn't ratty. Think like what you were talking about. Seeing two sides all the time. Seeing your side and then seeing God's side. And there is no such thing as that. There isn't. But until you personally learn, there's a thing I could do about it. I can't change it. When it talks in page 45 and it says, lack of power is my dilemma, that's the kind of power they're talking about. I can't do anything about me and I can't do anything about you. Lack of power, the power to change. The power to change you or me. I, I don't have that power. But it says that's what this book is about. And it also says now we're going to talk about God. Somebody else. My name is Philip, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Um, uh, yeah, I've just, uh, this is a wonderful meeting, and I'm, I'm working on my sixth and seventh step now. And um, uh, concurrent with that, it's, it's really strange because I'm going through this period where when I pray now, um, I don't get any sense of being heard, or I don't get any sense of sort of contact with God, which I have before. And I'm in a period now where I just feel as if I'm when I'm talk when I'm talking to God in prayer, I'm just I'm it's just me talking. I don't get any sense of God's presence uh, when I pray, which is sort of a frightening thing to me. And I don't sort of know how to get that feeling of of presence. And I and I wonder if that's sort of I don't know exactly what I'm asking, but I I am in my sixth and seventh uh, step, and I am. Uh, my sponsor said that the, these are the two steps that seem to work you more than, than, than you work them. And certainly um, I'm getting to the end of my rope with a lot of my character defects and my shortcomings. Uh, I read somewhere that, that prayer where I'm sort of begging God or I'm sort of saying, you know, a lot of my prayers, God, please, you know, just get rid of this. I, I can't stand this anymore. Please, you know, just get rid of this. Um, that when I pray that way, I'm still praying in the problem, and so I'm not really praying in the solution, and that could be one of the reasons why my, I don't get the sense of, of my prayers being heard. But I wonder if you could possibly address that and also possibly speak to the six and seven steps. I could get some experience from that. Thank you. Yeah, to, to, uh, to answer this as, as quick as I can, anyway... Uh, I had to learn first to have a relationship, see, with God. Now, this was step two. I didn't know why step two was there. I had to learn to have a relationship with God instead of a relationship 
with my my own life or anybody else's. But I didn't know in prayer what prayer meant. Because prayer to me is like petition. See, it's like it's like a communion, or or it's a, uh, it's 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 talking uh, for a reason. Uh, uh, maybe uh, favors or something like that, you know. Well, I didn't know what prayer really meant, and I didn't know there's two parts to prayer. And see, I was going on one part only all the time. And this I learned because I, I came here. I didn't have a God when I come here. I learned to have a God through another alcoholic here that belonged to him, not me. And, but I didn't know how to pray. I prayed at, I, pr- I prayed on my knees for, you know, I, I wouldn't pray, period, unless I was on my knees. And uh, the two parts of prayer was something that I had to learn myself. First, there was the communion or the petition or the recognition of a power greater than me uh, that could do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And that's it, it says definitely on page 100 uh, that both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen, far greater in, your, in God's hands than anything you could have planned. Follow the dictates of the higher power, and you're presently living a new and wonderful world. Well, you see, I, I lived in prayer. Prayer by ritual, prayer by name. I called him God. He told me to. Uh, I lived, I lived uh, in the days that I was in strictly by a morning and a night, and possibly during the day sometime or another, in a recognition of thank you. Thank God. But I never lived the second part of prayer. I never lived that prayer so that prayer could be answered. Whatever it was, I didn't live it. Now, this is important to say, because, see, my dependency was depending on God to perform so that I would get what I thought I should have because I asked God to help me to do this, to do that, but I wouldn't do anything about the help that was needed to make it happen. Okay. And I didn't know about two parts of prayer. And I believe two parts of prayer for any of you, if you don't know this at all. I talk about it at, at retreats and all of that. You've heard me, John. Uh, and, it's, and I think it's very important, you know, because every one of us can just as easy as pie. Like in step five, I can admit to God to myself, another human being, the exact nature of my wrong. I can admit to God and talk to God all day long and still do whatever I want to do. I do. I mean it. I'm serious about that. But there came a time, though, that I knew that inside of me the change that they're talking about. It's on top of page 63. And top of page 63 is part of what I said that, you know, you should you should read or you should know about it. Is that uh, it says this first 60 to 63 now. This is 63. When we sincerely took such a position... All sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in and as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and hereafter. We were reborn, spiritually. 
Well, that there has so much meaning to it is what second part of prayer is all about. Because what it says in here, if, if like, uh, it, being all powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, see, not my work well, his work well. I don't know how to read stuff like this, see, you know, I don't know how to read it to purpose. It's here in print, but I think as I read it, I read to read, and that's wrong. I should read this so this is a direction, so that even if I'm alone, in the car, at work, or someplace like that, I can read this and I, and I can feel ten million times better than I ever felt before. Because here's something here that I didn't realize that I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm praying to God. You bet I am, man. I prayed to God when I found out there is one, I prayed to him. But that's all I did. It was a ritual. It was a time factor. It was a name, you know. And I always took the fact that, that just the mere identity, you know, like in the beginning, we say the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And then we talk to the Lord at the Lord's prayer, you know. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe it if you believe it? Do you just say it? Do you just, just say the words or do you believe that? See, I didn't know how to believe it. See, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know my Heavenly Father. No harm's going to come to me. No temptation's going to take me away from him. I didn't know that that's what they're talking about. See? I wouldn't even say the Lord's Prayer for the first, first two and a half years. I didn't know why. I didn't know why. And yet, though, here, there's such, there's such a way here uh, that each one of us, each one, each one that's here, you grow spiritually. You can have more today for your life than you've ever had before. And I'm talking about now, I'm talking about a good life, I'm talking about a life where the rat race stops, the rat race is in here, not out there, where people become good people, people that badmouth you. They're still good people. There's not one of them I hate. There's not one of them I would say, why don't you go someplace else? You're not needed here. I won't live like that. I don't think like that. And I won't do that. This is a world that I'm in that belongs to God. But I must do God's will. I must do the second part of prayer. If I ask God to help me to take away my difficulty or to just whatever it is, then I have to start doing the things that will create that kind of life with his power. I'm not asking for a Rolls Royce or, you know, a million bucks, but I'm asking for peace of mind. Would you show me how to have peace of mind? And then and I have to right immediately ask God, what is it I need to do now? I have to stop thinking about something that was really disturbing. I have to stop thinking maybe about a person, about a happening or a memory of a yesterday or something like that. And I'm free of it. Free is exactly the, I'm just totally free of it. It's gone. And it doesn't come back either. But I know that I, like, I know that I've read and I know this, uh, I know who said this and everything else. And it talks about that he'll forgive me 70 times 7. If I make a mistake, he'll still forgive me 70 times 7. That's quite a promise. Somebody else. Thank
Hi, I'm Frank. I'm an alcoholic. You know, it's um, this. You know, I can really hear this uh, stuff now. You know, it's like really. You know, there's the whole thing. It's about total dependency on God for me. You know, I've I've been coming to AA for 12 years, but I didn't know what I was coming for. You know, I was coming for that. I had a God, but, you know, I was praying, like you were saying, you know, <clears throat> for the God to perform for me, you know. And I didn't, I just didn't know where the performance came in that I could do. And it's all in the spiritual principles, you know, and I've, I'm really putting those in my life. And it's amazing how, you know, every every area in my life is just being treated, you know. It's, it's um, everything, you know, even things I don't think about. Um, I'm just in the process of buying a house now, and, um, you know, it's like, it's like I'm not buying the house, you know, it's God is buying the house for me, I have, because I don't know, see, last time I bought a house, I didn't know all this, you know, and I, I was, I was totally crazy, you know, and now today I put in an offer, and, um, and I just, you know, I, I, I talked to God about it, you know, and I said, I don't, I don't know if I should do this. You know, but it's, you know, if I'm just going to assume that's what you want me to do, and if it's not, you know, let me know, you know, and then if the offer doesn't come through, I'll have my answer or whatever, and I'm a, totally at peace with this, you know, and that's totally a new way of life for me, because before, you know, these thoughts come from self that, you know, I think, well, maybe I should push the offer, I should, you know, find out and, and stuff, and, you know, immediately, you know, I, I see the thought, I don't have to give that thought any power because that's self, you know, and, uh, you know, when, if I'm not, I, I realize more and more how myself, you know, if I start thinking with my mind and I start pushing, you know, and, and, you know, doing things in my life with my mind, it's just mediocre, you know, it's just not, not going to be, you know, um, I'm just not at peace, you know, and I think, and I get nervous, and I think, you know, is this, is this right, is this wrong, and now I came to the point, I don't know, I think Sandy said something, they can't, I come to a point where I don't have to make a decision, you know, I just do what's, what's in front of me, I mean, this is now a big thing for me, but it was just there, you know, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do this, and, um, and I'm perfectly at peace with it, because I know, you know, by myself, I'm nothing, you know, God does the works, you know, and I went for a long walk today, and I just, you know, <clears throat> I just totally, I realized, you know, it's total dependency, I never knew what that meant, I thought, you know, dependency to stay sober, you know, help me to stay clean and sober today, and then, you know, the rest, or something like that, or I would pray in the morning if I would remember, but now I have, you know, through the application of this, I have found, um, a living God, you know, that I talk to all the time. And when things are not right, you know, like Paul was saying, it's a spiritual axiom if something is disturbing me, you know, that feeling in the stomach, I know I got to look at this, you know, this because I, I play a part in it. And with the tools, you know, of the, you know, step six, I can look what instincts come in, you know, and immediately it becomes clear, and, and there it is. And I don't even have to do this, you know, I just ask God to help me. And, you know, I had a, I, 
You know, you always ask this, you know, look at your day, you know, and, and I, I looked at my day and I really had a great day, you know, and there was one moment where we, I had a little bit of a problem, you know, fear came in and, and stuff, and I got a little rough and, and, you know, and I went, you know, I, I said it straight and it was okay, you know, God was there again. It's like, um, <clears throat> but it took me a while to, to get this because I just had to, to, you know, to listen to spiritual principles, you know, and, and, and see how, how do I put those in my life? And, and it's like, my life is a bliss. And I know, you know, when, when you were talking about, um, you know, I got to do a performance. I never knew what that, I mean, I knew what it meant, but it was frustrating. I think, yeah, well, what performance? You know, where do I tell me what performance? And, and basically, it really is all in there, you know, there's spirit, spiritual principles, the principles, spiritual in their nature, they've been proven, you know, it says somewhere in the Sermon on the Mount that it makes, you know, it's like, I call them laws, and in the Sermon it talks about laws, you know, so, so they have to, to work, and, and it's like, as a human being, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being, so I have to put spiritual laws in my life, otherwise my life is going to fall apart. And all these years I've been putting human laws in my life. And that's why, you know, I had stomach acid, I was drinking, I was, you know, I was just not well. And now I'm learning on a daily basis to have this conscious contact with God, you know, and... Um, and it's wonderful, you know, it's, it's like areas that I don't even think of. I have some business in Switzerland, and yesterday I got these calls, uh, you know, I called somebody for something totally different, and things are falling into place there. You know, I wasn't even aiming for that, you know. It's like my, my relationship with my family, my kids, my wife, you know, everything is totally... You know, it's it's okay, it's great, actually. I, you know, I, I love coming home now, you know. And um, and when I listen to self, it's like, oh, God, you know, now I just have to change this diaper and, you know, I'm going to call somebody, you know, and, 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 and the minute I go back to God, it's, you know, this is an opportunity to bond with my son or something. You know, now when I change my son's dirty diaper, I thank God for it, you know, for the opportunity to do that. And that's, you know, I just wanted to add, I was up in, in Taos, New Mexico, and I saw this... Uh, you know, a medicine man that, that we know, <clears throat> and I spent time with him, and um, and he was telling me, you know, sometimes at night he wakes up, because I, I, I asked him about prayer, you know, and he said, sometimes at, at night I wake up and I just can't, you know, and I just pray for somebody down the road who might have a flat tire, you know, and that really inspired me, you know, and I put this in my life now, where, you know, today this guy passed me and I thought, and, and I saw he was, you know, a father with a child and I, you know, as I was following them, I just prayed for him, you know, and I don't know the guy. And that's, I think that is the performance we're talking about, you know, um, and it really works. I mean, it's, it's, it's totally blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. Thanks. Yeah, Sandy was asking about six and seven, and so uh, there's ten minutes left. Maybe if somebody else wants to say something at first or something before, because yeah, Ali. Yeah, Ali Alcoli. Yeah, I have a question about uh, about uh, being in AA, like in especially in prime time after a while. 
and coming here and listening to you and everything. And, and after a while, my mind stopped, you know, closed up and I don't see, you know, or listening no more. And like you always say, I get too smart, you know. And uh, would you talk about that and uh, how could I see that? Like, what's the ominous sign to see, to see how that happened? You know what Ali is talking about? He's talking about alcoholism. See, and, <laughs> and you know, you know, it, it's real true. Uh, what he said, I went through myself, really personally went through for a long time. Uh, I went to meetings, you know, and I've lived, I've lived in AA religiously. Believe me, you know, ever since I first started. But that doesn't mean too much because some of the meetings I went to, I wasn't there. Uh, my body was, but my mind wasn't, you know. And I didn't know how to listen, you know. And I didn't know the reason for being at a meeting like this. I really didn't know what this was about. This was all about. I thought this was something that you do, you stay sober. I thought this is something that each one of us come here because we, we do something, you know, uh, drink too much or snort or use or whatever you do. And by coming here, that keeps you away from there, you know, wherever there is. I don't even know, you know, and stuff like that. But that's not that's not what it is at all. That's part of what happens, and that's part of what a beginning is, because I certainly couldn't have uh, myself personally stayed sober uh, if I hadn't, if I had a wife that would go to meetings every night with me. She had dinner ready when I got home, and away we went, you know. But if she'd ever sent me off by myself, you know damn well where I'd have went. Because at that time, you know, it was a different story, see, you know. But what Ali's talking about, you know, is that I had to learn that I'm here for me. I'm here for me. I don't know who you're here for. And it's none of my business. And I don't know if this means anything to you or don't. I don't know that. And I know, though, that I, I'm here because I have to be here. My life is in jeopardy. My life is important to me. I found out a long time ago what Ali's talking about is that when I went to meetings, my sponsor told me that from now on, he said, I want you to listen carefully to everything that's said at that meeting, everything man or woman says. Not to judge them, not to criticize them, but to see what, where you're at. See, to see exactly where you're at. And I didn't know how to do that, see. But then when he started describing, like I talked to you about what alcoholism is and how alcoholism it will will absolutely ruin your life, take your life away from you, and make you into a person you you hate. Um, it'll it'll uh, come back to you, and it's years gone by, and you're still going to bring it back here and rehash it, relive it, and re-energize it. And the alcoholism, you know, you got to figure it out. How could it possibly be treated if you don't stay here and listen? to the method so that you can live the method, live the method that'll stop alcoholism, and that's what the 12 steps are about, and that's what I talk about. I'm not going to tell you all the, all the, all the escapades and all of the, the drunken life I had and, and the, the things that happened when I was drunk and that, because I bet there ain't a guy here that could even top it. 
But you know, I, I mean that, you know. That's that's exactly. But what good is it, though? What good would it be talking about stuff like that? See, you know. But how about talking about the steps like you ended on six and seven? See, because six and seven are really, really big, huge. They are big. They're all they're all necessary. But when you get in six and seven, you're getting into an area now that it's going to take a little while to talk about. It's going to take some explaining because of the words that are in there and what they do. And for you and I to be entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character, that sounds like a bunch of words, and it's more than words. To be entirely ready means right now, right now. I'm entirely right now to have God in my life right now, to take care of me right now. If there's anything wrong, I want God here now, not me. See, but how do you do something like that? Can you just talk to him and say, God, I'm in trouble, take care of it? You can't do that. That doesn't work. But it could be something in changing what you were talking about. And maybe I could learn how to change the character so that step six, when it says it's a lifetime practice, you know, that I could live today being entirely ready to have God help me every minute of this day. That's a principle. That's a truth. See, Now, some of you, I don't know if you believe in any of this or not, but all you'd have to do is try it. That's all you'd have to do is try it and see what happens. See what happens to the situation the minute that you turn your mind off and turn God in there. See what happens there. See where that anger goes and see if it's still there and so on. Seven's entirely different, opposite than six. So, so you can't put six and seven together. You got to do six, or you can't do seven. See, because seven's about humility and humbleness. Seven's about giving, not taking. See? And, there's a, and, and it's really important to know. It's really important to see this, because my heart feels good inside. In other words, the character I am, the way I think about anybody, anybody. Anybody. Doesn't make no difference who they are, what they said, what they done. My heart feels good inside. Because I'm not carrying me, and I'm not carrying my defects, and I'm not carrying my thoughts that power me, or upset me, or tell me to get mad, or tell me they're wrong. Right or wrong, I'm still going to unconditionally love you. I don't care who you are. Right or wrong. This is step six and seven, but it's only a touch on that. So, you know, because you have to learn, like I have to learn, exactly what it means to do this. Not talk about it, not just say words back and forth. You know, it's like when I was reading some of this stuff here. That's good reading. And it's true. Every bit of it's true. And it's my life. But I can't give it to you. I wish I could. I would give it to you in a second. So, Somebody else, we got a little more time, have we? We got no, we're almost done. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.